Hello there, wrestling fans. <laughs> My voice cracked. And welcome to the internationally known Dudes at Ringside podcast. I'm your host, Chip the Panther, the third. And now from the top of Metal Mountain, in the middle of the mosh pit, it's the happy heel himself. The Metal Geek. What's going on, Ringside crew? What's going on, internationally known? What's going on, everybody? What's going on, Joe? How's it going today? I have really quick breaking news regarding something cool. On March 11th, next month, I will be attending Warriors of Wrestling in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, 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 Brooklyn. Please stand up. Please stand up. Warriors of Wrestling. I'll be there in Brooklyn, New York with, with family. Just come in, say hi, ask for a sticker. Please ask for a selfie. You want to just wait, and and I'll be hanging out with Jade, and I'll be able to see Jade for and win that woman's title back because steal you ain't that belt's not staying with you, girl. You're losing the title. Just anyway, I also have some breaking news, Joe. To be breaking. honest, I I will be at attending Remarkable Wrestling on Friday and Psycho Circus on Saturday night. So if you want to come see Geek. Just come say hi, whatever. You know, give we'll him a hug. He loves it. <laughs> so, Yo, give him a hug. He loves hugs. Shut up, Joe. But, but, <laughs> but, and not only that, do we have breaking news, Joe, on the podcast, right? Yes. Do you want to break? Do you want to break the other news or? Uh... Oh yes. Breaking uh, news. So... I was about to do it. Go ahead, go ahead, Joe. Oh, breaking news, folks! On March second. 2023, Alvin is back on Dudes at Ringside podcast to open East Coast Wrestling Month. Yes, fans, East Coast Wrestling Month. Alvin is back with uh, wrestling, wrestling is, is now. Is now. Is now and, that's our the promotion is ho- uh, um, owned by our friends and yours, the SATs, and it's gonna be a great month. Uh, they they've give they uh they're really good people and Alvin is is the man. He's and make sure make sure you buy your tickets to Wrestling Is Now, which is March thirty first in Ridgefield, New Jersey. So New Jersey. tickets are on sale now. So yeah, and now time to do the podcast, Geekums. Introduce yeah, the guest. Right. So let's give a warm dudes at ringside welcome to our guest, Davison. All right, Sarai. Hello? Hey! What's hey. going on? 
What's up? Oh. Your production people suck. They made, made me wait out here for you. What's going on? I don't know. Joe, what, Joe, what's going on, man? <laughs> oh no! I thought, I, I thought, I thought my producer guy was gonna let you in faster. Jeez, sorry. I thought that would have been nice. I'm, I mean, my time is worth a lot of money. I work by the minute, so like, let's go. I know. Yeah, yeah, Joe. She works by the minute, man. We you have know, to get so. those cool chairs that they do it in the therapist's office. Get, get in your chair. I'll get in my chair. Okay, you need to get. In that chair. I'm in my therapy couch. I got my therapy blanket. Let's go. Let's go. In my case, I'll be like, you'll say, so Joe, tell me a story. <laughs> you so mean to me. Like, <laughs> I had a therapist class. and she was such a bitch to me one time. Yeah. <laughs> so if our fans are not familiar with you and why would they not be, introduce yourself. Absolutely. I'm the most professional, professional wrestler in all of professional wrestling, Davison Sarai. M-A-L-P-C-C-A-A-D-C-M-S-T-P-S-B, the harbinger of pain. <laughs> that's a lot of stuff, right? It's like a lot of yeah, damage. yeah. That's a lot, of, a lot of information. It's like you know, it's like ther- it's like therapist stuff. It's gonna make make my mind explode right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> is gonna pop up. <laughs> boom, boom. Master of the Arts, licensed professional counselor, certified advanced alcohol and drug counseling, multi systemic therapy for problem sexual behavior. I mean, come on, it all applies. Yeah. So, so Davidson, how did you get you start in the wrestling business exactly? Well, um, I was actually talking to y'all before the show started, uh, before your producer fucked everything up. Um, oh, I was actually doing a podcast of my own a couple of years ago. And uh, there's a local wrestler in Michigan named Josh Raymond. Um, he used to be known as Josh Abercrombie, and he did a bunch of stuff. He came in to plug one of his shows on the podcast, and we just kind of hit it off. He invited us to come to a show, and then he invited us to do commentary. And then about six months into that, the shutdown happened. And I was like, I'm kind of bored, and I'm kind of out of shape. And now I know these wrestlers. So I asked him if he'd be willing to train me. Didn't even know if I was going to wrestle. It was just like something to do. And just kind of happened to be good at it. And then I debuted about 15 months later. And now I've been wrestling for about 16 or 17 months total. But almost a year and a half now. Wow. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What was that like? first match like in front of a crowd exactly? Oh, my God. It's terrifying. Terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah. So, so I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was cool in my situation because I was doing color commentary. So the show before my match, I was in the ring, like showing off the new women's title and they knew me as the commentator. So it made sense that I would be there like doing the do. So when we got to the show, I got in the ring with the belt and said, let's bring out the competitors. And then Randy West, do you guys know Randy West deathmatch? His name sounds familiar. Yeah. If you're into the deathmatch circles, you know, who Randy West is, but she had won a qualifying match. So she was there. And the other person who won the qualifier was not available. So I'm in the ring. I'm like, let's bring out the second competitor. Everybody looks at the door. And next thing you know, I've got the belt. <clears throat> I just knock Randy's head off. Ten minutes later, I'm the new IPW Women's Champion. And for ten minutes in a row, I was shitting my pants the whole time. Jeez. Oh, but yeah. she has short hair, right? Like short, kind of blondish, whitish hair. Always bloody. Yes. Oh, yes. Always got something sticking out of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... <laughs> We started talking on Facebook. <laughs> She's lovely. She's a great person when you're not, you know, bleeding out. <laughs> oh, jeez. Out of her capable hands. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was it. My, my very first match was for a title. It was against Randy West, who's kind of a legend now. Um, 
kind of hit the ground running. It's been kind of high pressure, partially because the person I trained with is really well known in the Midwest. Um, so I don't know. I just got, was like in the right place at the right time. And boom, sprinting for it ever since. Uh, uh, go ahead, Joe. I answered all the questions like, already. I think I think that's like the most important thing. Like, even though your first match was a title match, like that kind of makes you feel like you did something on your first night that that somebody in the crowd could remember forever. You know what I mean? Like, wow, the first time I see this lady in the ring, she's she wins the belt. Like, that's not that. Not every night you go to a wrestling show, the new wrestler that's coming in is going to win a title. Sometimes they get the, they get the, the, they get the clock cleaned, you know, and they get destroyed. Yeah. Like, Typically. Yeah. yeah. We had a really nice situation. Like I said, like I, I was already known by the crowd and I attended to do kind of like a comedy heel, like a mean bully bitch type when I do commentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had a little bit of like a love hate with the fans anyway. None of them saw it coming. I think that was very exciting. Um, but it was weird. Cause it's like, I know a lot of other people who started wrestling right about the same time as me and they might have a lot more matches, but I think just because of where I was at at the time, I kind of got dropped into like some high pressure matches right off the rip. And so, you know, I feel like I've got pretty good experience from it. And I used to play in bands and stuff like that. So like, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Performance anxiety or like stage fright. It's not really a thing. Um, I don't know. I think I'm lucky for it. I'm glad. I'm glad I've been busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is there is there any spots you refuse to take or uh have you uh Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what it comes down to like there are some people who I would let do anything, and then there are other people who I might not even want to do like an arm drag. Um mm. it really just kind of depends on who you're in with, I think. Um there was a there's kind of a funny story, and it's not a huge deal, but kind of a friend of mine. Um it was a woman from another part of the state. She came over to practice like before a show and we were just kind of feeling each other out. And within three minutes, uh, we were going for like a small package spot. It's nothing. And my classes just got crunched and like stuck in the side of my head. Ooh. And I was like, okay, Hey, I shouldn't wrestle in glasses. B, um, I want to be pretty careful about who I do what with, because even basic stuff can wind up with people squashing your head, you know? Yeah. yeah so it's, yeah. I don't want to take any Canadian destroyers anytime soon. <laughs> the cheese. Yeah. It's also important to trust your opponent as well because I that's that's the key thing in wrestling is because hey, it's like this person you risk this person you trust with your life and Literally. your career. And so you may as well just hope that person trust that person very well. So yeah. Absolutely. And it's nice when you face people before, so you kind of already know like what to expect and you get a little bit of chemistry between yourselves. I don't even just mean like ring chemistry, but like personal chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. If, if I get the sense that somebody's not well-trained or I've heard stories about them taking liberties or just being sloppy, we're having a nice, easy match tonight. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not risking shit for the wrong person. Definitely yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. Squash match, that's it. It's over. <laughs> yeah, <it's> <laughs> no, no yeah. not remotely interested. Yeah. Ha, like, have you ever, like, had a wrestler? I'm not saying you'd say any names, but, like, like, have you ever, like, gone, been going over, like, a spot 
with any wrestlers and they said something and then you told the producer like told the like booker nah scratch it i can't oh um i don't think i have but that's probably because i'm willing to just say to the person no like a lot of people aren't willing to well so let's put it this way for you guys neither one of you have wrestled before is that correct no no never what would be your suspicion given everything you know about wrestling um, what would be your suspicion you, about whether a person could say, Hey, I don't want to do that in that match? Like, what would you expect to happen? Get hurt? Like, that person would like, get hurt? Would, for me, I would have to really have a deep conversation with them. Be like, What? Or be able to be that. Like, I'm that guy that watches YouTube. I'll look up people's names before I like start booking people and be like, Oh, no. Or, oh, Okay. Okay. I think they may have a good story about this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I guess I'm thinking more like new wrestlers are so hungry and desperate for spots. That's remember like in the old, in the eighties, like people just getting dumped on their heads. The, the enhancement talent, we don't really do the jobber thing anymore, but um, when you're a noob, especially like on some like lower level indies, you might as well be like people desperate to get their foot in the door. So some people I think are willing to take some stuff and do things that they have no business doing because they're desperate for a spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I don't know if it's just my personality or what, but I'm not shy. I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> You're absolutely not. We're not doing that. No. But I mean, most people are pretty cool. And maybe it's different between women's wrestling and men's. I'm not sure. But I haven't had anybody making any big crazy suggestions that I've had to shoot down. I tend to kind of keep it ground and pound for the most part, personally. Yeah. So what would you say the, the toughest part about being a wrestler? And what's the toughest part about being a therapist, you'd say? Well, if you're a therapist, you have to pretend to care about people, and it's really exhausting. It's just... <laughs> I'm glad you got, yeah. Um, I've actually had people ask me if it's a good idea for me to be a therapist wrestler because I'm so dry in my sarcasm. Like, I think it's obvious I'm joking sometimes. And then people are like, and I'm like, <laughs> don't call the licensing board. I'm kidding. Um, the hardest part about being a therapist is boundaries. You know, if you're a person who has a lot of empathy for others, you would think that that's a really great thing and a skill, and it tends to be. It can also burn you out if, uh, if you don't have the right kind of like emotional boundaries as a therapist. You have to care about whether people do well without being too emotionally invested if they do poorly, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. As a wrestler, it's probably different for a lot of people. Um, for me personally, the grind is diet workout am i drinking enough water like just the kind of the day-to-day grind it's not even like the physical stuff as much oh that's hard it's more like just keeping up the motivation because for every cool thing we get to do there's like 10 rejections wrapped around it you know what i mean like for every job you get there's 20 that said no so it's like no 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 yes no 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 like it can grind you down um Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you make the right connections and you make friends and, you know, it makes it easier. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I would say the common thread between wrestling and therapy is if you're not good at it, you're just not going to do it for very long. Like you're not going to yeah. have a job. Yeah. So it's kind of sink or swim, which I like. Mm-hmm. So is there any place in the country like or like out of like across the pond that you want to check do your wrestling that you haven't uh, done it yet? 
I've barely been wrestling for five minutes. I've only wrestled in the Midwest. Oh, um, yeah, I'm trying to hit both coasts eventually. I've got some friends in Portland. I got a friend in LA. So I've talked about spending a week or so like on the West Coast and covering some territory. Um, I got a friend over in Pittsburgh area. So I'm trying to get over in that area a little bit. I'm actually debuting in West Virginia. So I'm starting to kind of like branch out a little. But it's really cool because my home fed is called Chicagoland Championship Wrestling. And the owner, John Bullard, is fucking awesome. Like in every way, he's a really good friend of mine. But he is like globally minded. Like a lot of people are small picture. Some people are big picture. He's like global picture. So Chicagoland Championship Wrestling is in bed with, and I got to try to remember, Marty Jones in, uh, Training Facility in Manchester, England. Oh, wow. Uh, Skyda and Big Lucha down in Mexico. I can't remember the Puerto Rican company. There's one in Calgary in Canada. We do a talent exchange with Dragon Gate in fucking Japan. Um, I know there's a place in China that he just recently announced. So like the reality of being able to do international training, that's not even a pipe dream anymore. Like I'm roster for Chicagoland. So if I got my shit together and if I wanted to go for a month to Mexico to train and work, I could probably get a sponsor family and go do that later this year if he had the right connection for that. Um, So like I drive to Chicago occasionally to train with a person named Atomico Sr. who's been in the Chicago Lucha Libre scene forever. And he's got um, inroads with uh, Bandito down at Big Lucha. Skyda, if you don't know who Skyda is, is like one of the Earth's best technical wrestlers, past, future, present tense. But he's Lucha. A lot of people don't pay attention to Lucha. So he's like a well-kept secret. But he comes up every month to work at All-Star Lucha Libre in Chicago which is where I train when I do Lucha training. So I get to train with Skyda, who's like a dream to work out with. And Johnny Saint is going to come over to train, you know, Johnny Saint from fucking England. Oh yeah, definitely. Yes. He's coming over with Marty Jones to do a training in June with John in Chicagoland. So like anything I've ever dreamed of potentially doing kind of got the ability to, well, I've got the open door to, let's put it that way. I don't know if I have the ability to go hang out with some, Joshi's for a while probably beat the living shit out of me, but as far <laughs> yeah, as opportunities, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So, who like who are some Joshi's you would love to wrestle while you're down there? Fucking none. They beat the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding right now. I would. I don't want to go train in Japan. A and this is. I'm being serious. I'm six feet tall. I also just recently turned forty-seven years old. Joshi wrestling is all about being tiny, being petite, and being cute as a button. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not. <laughs> so, <laughs> you beat the super tall happen. one just doing this to them as they're trying to grab you. It's like the big tall guy in the every 80s movie. I mean, <laughs> try I mean, I mean, they have some Joshis with face paint on, and so that's pretty cool, you know? It's definitely branched out for sure. Yeah, I yeah see definitely. No, it's all you pushing him back, flicking him in the nose as they roll backwards into the rope. <laughs> I mean, did either of you happen to ca- uh, side shift here? But did either of you catch the match between um, Kyrie Sane and uh, Mercedes? I watched bits and pieces of it online. I watched the Hanukkah Mora tribute. Man, yeah. I, th- I thought she did a. Re- I thought I thought Monet did a really good job of portraying. Hanukkah with the cosplay and the, the tribute, you know? Yeah, I thought it was Yeah, cool. I mm-hmm. thought it was a great tribute. Yeah. I like the new finisher. I like that new finisher that she has, that flipping 
the, it's the, like, like gory, but it's like a gory bomb. It's like a gory bomb kind of, right? Gory she bomb, like hits him on the backpack and then spins him. And... Yeah, yeah. The pin is pretty good. I like that pin. It looked yeah. like she hit it cleaner this time because when she made her debut at um, Kingdom, didn't she hit it and everybody was she like, watched. what the hell was that? Like a little bit. No, oh, yeah, she kind of had a wet hands thing. Whoop, and then she flipped, I think. Oh, that's what it looked like her hands were wet. I couldn't tell. But mm. there was like rumors going around that she was drunk. But she might have been the tiniest bit nervous. I mean, it's only Wrestle Kingdom for fuck's sake. Yeah, it's the biggest thing in the world. <laughs> that's the Seriously. biggest show you can go to in the world. Literally. They say WrestleMania is big. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's just like going to another planet in the best possible way. Like, I love wrestling, obviously, but the idea of going to Japan, especially something huge like that, like there's still something ceremonial that's bigger than wrestling in Japanese wrestling. You know what I mean? Like Okada was being talked about as carrying one of the flags for the Olympic team for crying out loud. Like Japan's got a real different relationship with their wrestling. That's one thing that you just said about wrestling. I always think in my head one day, I'm going to we'll put on ESPN and they're going to announce pro wrestling as part of the Olympics one day. I swear it's going to happen. Somebody suggested it. Who was it here fairly recently? Um, but... would that be? I could see it. You know, I mean, well, let's put it this way. Imagine what would happen to the internet wrestling fandom. If all of a sudden we had to talk about the metrics of how to score a pro wrestling event at the Olympics, because now we need to start talking about things like choreography. That doesn't sound good to a lot of wrestling fans. You know, no. what I mean? like you start breaking those things down. People are like, "What the promo, fuck?" Promo, promo, promos. Who's the promo best heel? They're <laughs> <laughs> gonna have like the American Idol set in front of like the wrestlers oh, on a stage. Okay. Great. Give me a serious promo that, now. <laughs> that promo was awful. That promo was absolutely awful. I had the judge guy like, <laughs> "That's a no for me, dog. That's a no for me." Like, it's like four. No, sorry, you lose. <laughs> like, <Seriously>. nope. <laughs> I'm here for it though. I'm open to it. As I'm, I'm one of those people though too, and this really gets me some heat. But people talk about the whole f word in wrestling, and they don't mean fuck. <laughs> Yeah, I've always known what people mean by that. We we can admit, and we just did it loosely. There's training so that you can work with a variety of people and know what you're doing together, which suggests choreography again. Yeah, we get hurt. Yeah, we're athletes. We get hit hard. We get injured. I'm injured all the time. Nothing's fake about the athleticism. No. I'm not a person who has a single problem, though, saying, is that a real fight? Fuck no, it's not. It's a fake fight. I, I saw... <laughs> I saw somebody go through two doors. I'm like, to, to, to be honest, I, if I'm a I'm a wrestling fan watching that, saying that hurts. Of course it hurts. That's well, what I'm like, saying. It's like you know. Yeah. But I guess that's my that. point is I don't feel threatened if people say fake because I'm like predetermined. Sure, choreographed. Sure, I don't have a problem with that. We all know that. Yeah. I think some people get real insulted at the notion that they that we're not taken seriously. And that's honestly not of my concern. That doesn't bother me. If people take it seriously, great. If they don't, they're gonna go watch NASCAR, which I don't take seriously. There's a couple of there's a couple of wrestlers that just act in their character and not saying names even after the show is over. And I'm like, wow, right? Who, who you got that, that, what's up? Who are you thinking about? There's a lot of wrestlers that are like that. I'm not saying yeah. names though. 
I'm not gonna say names, but there's one that Geek encountered recently, and he just he got it. Got Geek Geek got it really hard at the end of the show. He just gave him the he gave him the New York State on him. If you know what I mean. Wait, wait. <laughs> oh damn! Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. He takes I can his really seriously. <laughs> Does anybody ever go all the way in left field and start talking about kayfabe on this show? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, oh, we never really had the kayfabe thing on the podcast yet. but I've never heard of that concept anyway. Never mind. Yeah, what is kayfabe? What is kayfabe exactly, Joe? Yeah, what, what is, is kayfabe? Exactly. Is that something to do with uh, how you play guitar? <laughs> I think it's how you grip it. How do you grip the guitar? Yeah. The thing you put on that holds the strings down, yeah. 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 Um, I guess, I don't know. What am I thinking about? I got yelled at fairly recently. I work at a place called Rocket Pro Wrestling in Joliet, Illinois. And I was very new on the scene. And I don't know on the on social media who's a wrestler, who's a stagehand, who's a fan, who's a family member, who's dating who. If people are in comment sections on wrestling stuff, I don't know who's doing what. So I tend to enter those in character. And I'm the wrestling therapist, and I'm a little bit of a sadist, and it comes off a little bit like dominatrixy, occasionally, depending. So there was a day where I just started lighting people up in the comments section. And a couple of people fired back, and I assumed they knew the deal, so I just kind of kept turning it up. And then later that day, I got contacted by the booker, the manager of the place, the champion of the company the next day, asking about, is that at work? Is it a shoot? What are you doing? Are you starting fights with people? You got a bad attitude? And I'm like, Wow. (laughs) So, like, that's kind of exciting in a way. Like, blurring the lines is very, very, very interesting to me. That's where the magic lies for me is making them forget every once in a while. I love that. You know, that's my favorite part of pro wrestling. Like, once I'm sitting in my seat with my popcorn and I'm watching this show, I meet the person before the, the mat, the show. And they're talking to me like like we're talking here. And then when that belt, when that announcer says, welcome to wrestling is blah, blah, blah. And the bell rings and he's in the ring. He's a jerk. We don't want to see him friendly. Hi, Joe. I just met you. You bought a t-shirt of me. Now I want him to take my sign or my t-shirt I just bought from and blow his nose on it. And yep. throw it back in my face and go, you're an yeah. idiot. <laughs> you're a loser. Mm-hmm. You gave me 20 bucks. What's wrong with you? Oh, yeah. by the way, podcast sucks. You know, like yeah. that. You know, like so, <laughs> make me feel like a dummy. <laughs> like I don't even like going to the merch table personally. I don't like the disconnect of being nice at the merch table to sell stuff and then go being like I want to be this way in the ring and be that way at the merch table. And it turns out nobody wants to buy merch from you when you're a giant aggressive asshole about it. <laughs> there are some wrestlers that don't even come out to the merch table. They don't even have a merch table at all. Yeah, they don't I've, even. I've I thought about bringing somebody along to sell it, but then it is funny, right? Like I go out of my way to make people hate me. Why would you want to buy my stuff? But it sounds like Joe would. Joe, you like a good heel by the sounds of it? Yeah. My grandfather, my guy, by the way, today's the tribute to my grandfather. Today's the day in history when my grandfather, Jose Quinones, uh, Panther passed away. So this is, thank you, grandpa. Thank you for being, thank you for wrestling. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, grand uh, heel. My grandfather was a heel. So like, seeing what the heels used to do back in the day, not so much because 
the old school heels were pretty much the put over guys. Geek knows I've told like ten thousand times. Back in the day, the heel was just oh you're going to get, you're gonna you're gonna lose today. <laughs> but nowadays, the heel is part of the whole show. Like they're the champion, they're the champion. They're the champions. Right? They're like the Miz. The Miz, even though everybody kind of, the Miz is kind of a boring story now. Back in the day when he was fully with the John Cena's and stuff like that. That was the most exciting twenty minutes like think, microphone spot ever, Mikey. I, I think I think Miz's best work is probably when he was Intercontinental Champion, in my personal opinion. When he was working the whole thing with Dolph Ziggler, that storytelling was absolutely awesome. And Daniel Bryan, by the way. That's what I thought you were talking about when they had their their near brawl during a yeah. smack. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was awesome. You know, I'm talking also the match. Between Ziggler and Miz at No Mercy, leading mm. up to that, I don't know if anybody remembers that. That match was epic. You know, that I don't made remember that paper. But I remember everything Ziggler. I've never not liked anything Ziggler's done in the ring. He's always been one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. He, he's good on the microphone, and he has really good skills. Like his move set is always like he always adds something to his move set, and you won't realize it till like you're watching it back on YouTube. You're like, oh my god, did he just do that? What? Yeah. Like little little tweaks and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's funny as hell too. <laughs> I think so. Now you know what I miss. I like the reality piece of wrestling, where you would actually maybe be scared to even be close to a person, like um, when Bruiser Brody used to do it that way, or like um, I don't know, Aja Kong, some degree, like making people think twice. Like, you know, they have like a reflexive, oh, God, do I want to run the risk of that person fucking me up right now? Yeah. That's what I want to do. In fact, there was a spot. What was it? There were children screaming in the fans or in the crowd. And I knew when I watched it back, I was like, right there. Oh, yeah, we we stabbed a guy. Um, Yeah, Yeah. there's (laughs) a wrestler. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Oh, just just talking about stabbing a guy. That's all. But there were people <laughs> in the crowd that were like screaming, and I watched the back like, "That's the shit. That is the shit." Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, there's a wrestler on the East Coast. He's super scary. You know what I mean? Like, like his presence just. I, I I'm just watching, and I'm like, terrified, man. Like, see, like his gimmick is he's an ex-convict. It's not a uh, Dexter Loomis. No. Oh wait, is, no, it, is it a uh, Slade? How? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this guy is scary. Just watch. I don't know if you've just oh, watched. I've seen Slade. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a scary guy. Just watch. Oh my gosh, you thought about it, geek. If she ever comes to Long Island and Cap, and she ever gets in contact with with Cap, that would be an awesome angle. She, you're the way you get introduced into the like a, a match against Slade. You, you're interviewing like you're trying to. Psycho, do a psycho. You, you could be, you could be a therapist. You'd be like, therapist, and he goes to attack you, down, and Slade. you just like yeah. beat the crap out of him and say, "What is wrong with you, Slade? How dare you?" <laughs> if that's gonna happen, then I'm gonna get a hold of my friend um, Hoodfoot to come along. Do you know Hoodfoot? <laughs> He's from Chicago. He's a deathmatch guy. Mm-hmm. Mo I've Atlas. Never heard of Hoodfoot. I feel bad. I never heard of him. He sounds awesome. He's the shit. You may have seen some video of him. He's he's really good in deathmatch stuff, and he had a couple big viral moments. One was last summer when uh, Madman Pondo stuck him in the head with a fork. Oh, and uh, uh, Mo is really good at doing the like, like the poop face. 
And there's a fucking geyser of blood just like spurting out. That went viral all over the place. Then he had a match with Slade. And I'm going to say very nice things about Slade, even if I don't want to. But they were dueling with uh, light tubes. Broke them off. And for whatever reason, Slade just did one of those numbers. It wasn't one of these. It was one of those. And he stuck stuck, uh, Hoodfoot right in the armpit with a busted pipe. And it fucking cut him wide open right here, like blood just pouring out. And that's that's the same place uh, Nick Gage got it back at the – remember when he got it so bad at the uh, death tournament? I'm stumbling over my language. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he just stabbed him. This would have been like last year. You can find it on YouTube real easy. Mm. And that was when uh, Hoodfoot went to the corner and they tried to do the whole like tape job. Like, Yeah. But his arms are this big around. He's covered in blood. It was a whole fucking mess. But anyway, that was Slade. Almost killed my boy, uh, Mo Atlas. So. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and when people chant Slade's going to kill you, he might actually. He literally could potentially kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I almost watched that happen, unfortunately. <laughs> if they chant a geek and you go, yeah, literally. <laughs> right. Get a group of people. Right. Yeah, literally. Run, everybody. <laughs> Dude, I think the first time I saw him, it wasn't even a death match. I think I saw him on one of the um, Josh Barnett Bloodsport events, if I'm not mistaken. Where they do like more like the hand to hand, like strong style, like fight stuff once a year. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw Slade on there get his ass kicked once. Hmm. So that that's that's unusual, you know, because he's terrifying. In the room. I don't know if he Joe's like Joe's never seen him live. You'd be like, he lost. <laughs> <laughs> he like this world is over. What's going on? <laughs> freaking out. So you're a big fan of Slade, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. He's scared of him. That's why he's a fan of him. <laughs> is that why you're a fan of him, though? Because he's legitimately scary? Yeah, yeah. He's like, like, like for example, legit scary, you know? Yeah. That's, how, that's what that's I'm saying. How, I like that. And that's how awesome he is, you know? Yeah. I like that. And he might not, I'm sure he still sells shirts and stuff like that. And he might cost himself some money. But if you're a purist for wrestling, I don't think there's anything better than being legitimately hated and feared by people. That's as good as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, it's like the independent wrestling scene right now is so like white hot that like you could be part of a small promotion in the middle of like a small town, like a small city. And if someone says your name in the bigger city and the fans know who you are, you made it. Mm-hmm. Like, like out of your circle, you know what I mean? Out of your circle. And they say, you say, they say your name, and they're like, oh, my God, did you see the match she did against so-and-so? Oh, my God, yeah. And the one person in the corner is like, no, I didn't see it. And they send the link, and they're, like, watching, and they go, wow, she's awesome. I love her. She needs to come to our part of the city. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. It is a pretty cool feeling. Like, I haven't had it to that extent, but there was a time I went down to um, Flophouse Wrestling in Indianapolis, and there was a woman there who I saw. She was kind of looking at me, and I waved, and we are nice enough. And then we got to chatting a little bit, and it turns out that she had shared some of my stuff on Twitter, and we had actually interacted a few times. And it was like, when I saw it on Twitter initially, I'm like, I'm in West Michigan. How the fuck is somebody in Chicago already seeing my stuff? And obviously, I'm online, but so is everybody. Mm -hmm. So like you said, as soon as you start seeing your stuff pop up in various places, you're like, am I famous? (laughs) (laughs) You know what sounds weird? I hate to say this, like, 
Geek tells Geeks the first time Geek looked at our algorithm, I don't know if it was on YouTube or it was on one of the Spotify things. Spotify. And he saw the UK. I he said he nearly fell out of his chair. He was like, What? <laughs> it's trippy. Like, people 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 are listening to us in the UK. What? Right. And then the <laughs> one that he said to me, I kind of like went, they love wrestling. He said India, and I said, Did you watch Young Rock yet? <laughs> they said Vince goes India. What do they do? They love wrestling over there. <laughs> sure do. Well, you know what's funny about that that you say that is I just had my first video like really kind of pop on YouTube. I had a match I posted about a month ago, and it's at like twenty three thousand views. It's not huge, but it's the biggest one I've got by a long shot. And when I broke down all the analytics, I think something like fifteen thousand of those people were from fucking India. Yeah, yeah, they love pro wrestling. They yeah. don't, they don't care if it's men, women, tag team, triple threats. They're like, I'm in. What do you got for me? It's <laughs> because they're just because they've been looking at the great Kali for a long time. They want somebody who actually knows how to fucking wrestle. Yes. And yeah. it's yeah. not like stiff like mummy. <laughs> yeah, great Kali, great Kali is a superstar in India. It's like way bigger than he is in in America. He's like a superstar. He's like worshipped over there. It's not like a bad thing, but he is stiff, but still he'll chop your brains out. <laughs> that boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was at a gym. I saw him walk in uh, a bunch of years ago. I forgot it was the day that they were coming through town to do a show in here. And uh, I looked over towards the entrance and I saw Glamazon and Natalia coming together. I was like, Oh, I know them. Then the Uzos came in Then Justin Gabriel came in. Then I looked over and fucking Kali came in and it was like, you already know it was like a cartoon. Like he had to bend down to get in the door. Like the sunlight wasn't coming in. Head was the size of a mailbox. Like god damn. The hand like the size of like a, t- a ham. A summer Christmas ham. Seriously, I'm like I don't. I'm leaving. I don't need to be around for this next part. <laughs> oh my god! Get off my face. <laughs> yeah. Do something else. Hello. What? <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah. Got else, so 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 do do you um do you have any social medias or uh yeah, yep, I'm all over yeah. social media. Um of course I don't remember all of the names of them, but I'm the only Davidson Sarai that I'm aware of. Um Facebook you can find me, Twitter for sure, uh YouTube channel is just Davison Sarai, um pretty easy to find these days. Instagram as well. Um also on TikTok these days. And uh, let me think, let me think, let me think. I've got a breakdown of all my upcoming events through the end of May that's posted on my Facebook and that's a public account. So if you want to find that, look at that stuff, by all means do that. That's got me all over the Midwest for the next two months. All right. We want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast, you know, taking the time out. You know? Absolutely. Well, Joe's been pestering me for months. I had to I know. do I'm something. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I'm so sorry about that. I'm so sorry. You're such an awesome wrestler and so cool. <laughs> well, I just you know the, the the personal protection order was canceled, so that's why I'm here. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it's been a pleasure. I'm glad you had me on. Um, if you want to do it again sometime, let me know, and uh, we'll oh, talk about how you can compensate me for my very valuable time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, remember Joe, compensate her. To- yes, come, yes, yeah, I got that. Get, get, write out the checkbook. Get the checkbook out, Joe. Get, get the checkbook. I'll give you my cash. I'll give you my cash. I don't want to fuck around with checks. <laughs> uh oh. Just gonna keep doing this. Uh-uh. I don't, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's anything in that checkbook, Joe. That's right? trouble. 
gonna all go. Right, all right, I think we gotta go, Joe. I'm Joe Pamphlet. I'm on the Meadow Fine. Peak. Let me out of here. I'm not even getting paid for this. What the fuck is happening? And we'll catch you in the next one. Is this for real? This is this how you're ending the show? <laughs>